The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. Hammered in a hoop skirt. It's going to be the name of my autobiography. That's a great one. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and the right stuff. The right stuff. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, we've got some tech news on tap and also a discussion about keeping your email secure, even from your mail provider. Wow, I like this. Yes, uh, I know you're a man of, uh, you prefer your security and privacy. Yes, uh, yes, I'm not bringing out the tinfoil, so so, so, yeah, So there could be something in this week's episode for you. I'm digging it, I'm digging it. Can I say something before we go on? Yes. It's a plea to our listeners. I'm begging them. Listeners, he's begging, he's begging. I'm begging, I'm on my knee. I'm, I'm down on a knee like Kaepernick. Now uh-huh. we won't get political. Yeah. I'm down on my knees here. Please go to iTunes, Stitcher, wherever. Well, actually, it's Apple Podcasts now. I can't yeah, actually yeah. call it iTunes. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. The I places Heart where Radio, podcasts are hosted. Spotify, wherever we are, Google Play Music, go there, rate us, and review us. Every single one of you listening out there, and there are a lot of you, go out there. Rate us and review us. Get us on the charts again. It hurts me painfully when I don't see our, our lovely faces on the top 10 or the top 20 or even the top 200. Get us up there, people. It's up to you. It's my vanity at stake here. Okay? Bragging rights. We want bragging rights. All right. This has been a plea from the Kaiju. Can yes, I, do you need help getting back up off? Yes, I do. Here? Okay. <laughs> that that creaking sound is my knees. Yes. Okay. All right. So wow. so this has been a message from El Kaiser. Yes, please, please. How about some news? Yes, news. Now after the, the begging. Yes, after the begging, after some de- news. Yes. After debasing myself. Yes, you know, <laughs> and here, so put the ice bag on your <laughs> knees there, and let's uh, let's let's listen to some news. News. Now, the United States Senate voted this week to overturn the Federal Communication Commission's repeal of the net neutrality laws. Remember last week? So it's all over. uh, We taught, well, not quite. We won. No? This is just one battle in the war here. Uh, The vote was 52-47 with all members of the Democratic Caucus and three Republicans voting to approve a Congressional Review Act, also known as the CRA uh, resolution, Mm -hmm. that reverses the FCC's decision from December 2017. Now, as you know, the legislative branch of the United States has a bicameral division there, so we've got two parts. Yes, we do. You pass one part, you still got to pass the other. That's true. Specifically the House of Representatives. So now the measure moves over there. Um, the odds It'll zoom right through. Well, the Not so much. I, you were very optimistic, sir. I am. But uh, I'm in a happy mood today. Yes, so. you're in a happy mood. The breakdown in the House of Representatives uh, could be a little tricky, though, mm. because the Republicans hold a 236 to 193 majority over the Democrats. Wow. So it, the Senate was much tighter. If it would happen to pass the House, and they're starting to put some pressure on us, like, look, the Senate voted to help American consumers mm. repeal these net neutrality things that they overturn. So even if it would pass the House, uh, it would still have to go to the executive branch for signing and odds out would probably get vetoed there. So, yeah, yeah. But I think this is also going to be used as election material because there are the oh, midterms and uh, these politicians can say, hey, look, I've voted for net neutrality. I've voted to right. not let big companies ruin the internet and, you know, look what happened. So. Look what happened. Yeah. So, so we'll see. 
Uh, Moving on, Microsoft is still trying to get more people to buy its Windows 10 Surface tablets. They're still selling them. They need more people to buy them. And it's on all the DC shows. Yeah, and and ABC. Flash and Arrow. Yeah, the only time I really saw them in use was on Scandal, and now it's uh, been been retired. But uh, just as Apple recently lowered the price of its entry-level iPads, Microsoft plans to release more affordable Surface tablets later this year. The new tablets will feature 10-inch screens, uh, that fancy new USB-C connectivity. Uh-huh. And uh, they'll be smaller and cheaper than the Surface Pro line, which I think has the 12-inch screens. And right. those are more for your business uh, traveler-type people. There you go. Hopefully, the new Surfaces will be more robust than the ill-fated Windows RT product family. Let's hope. Uh, which I think when Microsoft made the move to Windows 8 and the new kind of tablet way of thinking, RT was the kind of underpowered consumer branch of that and yes. people were like no uh, not gonna have it yes that so left uh, a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths yeah microsoft of course is not commenting on any of these plans yet they're not as tight-lipped as apple is about uh, product leaks but they uh they're still pretty cool yeah they're, they're still working on it but uh according to bloomberg apple sold about 44 million ipads uh, that made about 20 billion dollars in revenue during the past four quarters of sales Microsoft's entire Surface hardware business produced $4.4 billion for the same period. So we have $20 billion versus $4.4 billion. I think Tw- Apple 20, is winning. $20 billion just for the iPads. Yeah, just for the iPads. Right. I, th- I think Apple might be winning that one. So that's where we are with tablet news. Facebook will be rolling out some new features soon, all designed to get you to share more. Share more? Yes. It's like we don't share enough there? Yeah, I guess they need more data to sell to advertisers. Oh, but, uh, Yes, you'll soon be able to exchange voice posts with friends who hate to type. You can save your photos and videos directly to your account in the Facebook cloud, and you'll be able to archive your favorite Facebook stories, you know, those little like Instagram things where you add to each day. I'm raising my hand. You're raising your hand? Yes, yes, Mr. Rosado. Let me get this straight. I can record something and send that instead of typing a message in Messenger? Yeah, it's it's an audio message type thing. I know iMessages has, has an audio voice thing. It's for people who don't like to type right, or I don't know how to spell. Guarantee you it's going to be used for burping and farting. Yes. Guarantee you at least the first 500 one of those things yes. are going to be burps. All right. Indiscriminate bodily noises. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. See, you said it much nicer than I did. But uh, th- th- that's what they... Uh, yeah plan to do there. Um, we'll say, well, for people who don't have the right keyboard for the language or wherever, they can just say what they want to say and yeah, send sure. it. Uh, okay. It'll probably be mine for data as well. Of course. Now, the, the part where you can save photos and videos to the Facebook cloud, mm-hmm. uh, that's intended for users with limited space on their phones. And I think they're uh, specifically looking at uh, India and some of the developing right. markets where the phones are really cheap and underpowered. And maybe you only have room for one or two photos on your phone. So the way this would work is you could take the photo, immediately upload it to the cloud, and then not have to worry that your phone's limited space would be tapped out. It's not bad. So that's uh, that's some of their new features. Uh, they're going to have to change how they operate there at Facebook a little bit if they want to avoid violating the European Union's general data protection regulation when that new law goes into effect this month on May 25th. Hmm. An investigation by the Guardian News Organization and the Danish Broadcasting Corporation found that Facebook gathered so much information about its users that it could determine if those users were interested in sensitive subjects like religion, sexuality, or certain types of politics, just based on what they were posting and reading. And then Facebook would let advertisers target people specifically with those interests. Now, the new GDPR rules mark uh, those topics as deeply personal uh, and sensitive information, so sensitive 
that the new law mandates special conditions about how that material can be collected and processed. So Facebook's kind of been doing this. The new rules are going to say, no, you can't do that. Among those categories of information that are considered sensitive are about a person's race, ethnic origin, politics, religion, sex life, and sexual orientation. All of these are factors that can be used in discrimination, which is why they are in this data protection law. Exactly. Facebook said in a statement that classifying a user's interests was not the same as classifying their personal traits, um, although in some cases the two may be intertwined. Of course. In a statement, Facebook said, like other Internet companies, Facebook shows ads based on topics we think people might be interested in, but without using sensitive personal data. I don't buy it. I don't buy No, I think they that. are laser targeting people. Oh, uh, yes, people. they are. Yeah. Absolutely. And as we recall, Facebook had a little trouble with discrimination in the past when they had those housing advertisements that were only showing up in the feeds right. of certain types of people. In fact, when you try to buy an ad, it will pop up and say, hey, is this ad for housing or blah, 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 because it has to go through a different review process. Actually, a human has to review it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I didn't know, but the other ads that they get, I'm guessing they're getting so many ads yes. that humans don't actually review them. Ah, so it's just a machine learning type thing. Correct. Now, uh, perhaps Mark Zuckerberg, uh, CEO of Facebook, will explain how the company intends to comply with the GDPR as he's expected to meet with members of the European Parliament in Brussels in the next week or so to discuss how the social network uses people's personal data. Really? His visit is expected to be a closed-door session with EU Parliament leaders and the head of the uh, group's Civil Liberties Committee. During his overseas trip, Mr. Zuckerberg is also expected to stop off in Paris for lunch with French President Emmanuel Macron uh, to, uh, I guess, discuss things. He's been kind of all over the international news uh, lately, Mr. Macron. You know, uh, Marky? Marky Mark? Yeah. A couple of tips for Marky Mark. Yes. First off, get some foundation makeup. Get a little foundation makeup going there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just got, a little bit. Got a little bronzer. Good. Yeah. You know, you don't want to get that whole data thing going on mm-hmm. again because I was personally embarrassed for you. Plus, he had that kind of cold sweat thing yes, going he, on when, yeah, he was, exactly. uh, when Zuckerberg was Well, they testifying. were asking him the tough questions. Yes. You know, how could he not? And sit on a pillow. Okay, just a pillow. Yeah. A big fluffy pillow, you'll so be the okay. booster seat. Yeah, exactly. Instead of that wacky booster seat you were using, a pillow, dude. Come on. And I assume he'll have the multiple translations for my team will look into it. Of course, uh, yes, at exactly. hand for the He's, he's going to have a button, actually, yeah. for it. It's going to be a little buzzer. Yeah. yeah so uh, so that, that'll that be uh, happening soon. So uh, I don't think he was uh, wanting to go to Europe but after the U.S. congressional thing. I think they wanted to uh, discuss this. And he's going, I believe, the week that the GDPR is supposed to kick in. So mm. I imagine all this is tied together. I would imagine so. Yes. Now moving on, Google's parent company, Alphabet, Plans to offer some help to U.S. political campaigns for the upcoming elections. Oh, really? Jigsaw, a division of Alphabet that does sort of the more daring things mm. and, and experimental things, they will start offering free protection from distributed denial of service attacks on campaign networks. Jigsaw's Project Shield has been working in the past couple of years to fight censorship in the form uh, when companies are blasting, you know, DDoS attacks, to try to shut servers down against right. journalists, small right. publications, human rights groups. Election board sites, I think, have also been subject to these attacks. Hmm. Project Shield also defends the Krebs on Security website of journalist Brian Krebs, who we quote a lot on the show because yes. he's very good at what he does. He's very good. Project Shield protects against the DDoS attacks by uh, acting as a reverse proxy, which means that instead of the traffic flowing directly into and out of a site's web servers where it could easily pile up if it uh, decided to get flooded – 
Um, it's first routed through an intermediary that scans everything for potentially incoming malicious packets and then uh, stops it there if nice. it does. So. Nice. So, so that's nice. Project Shield is, is helping the elections. Um, the problem is with Jigsaw, I always think of the horror movie. Oh, know? yeah, yeah. It's... Yeah, I guess these creative Google, or excuse me, Alphabet, Alphabet uh, names. Uh, I'm sorry, it's always going to be Google for me. That's true, yeah. The, uh, I think that was just kind of a corporate accounting thing anyway. But another Alphabet company, yes. uh, YouTube, uh, has some changes coming to it. Does it? For starters, a $10 a month YouTube Red service for music and original video content is going away. In its place will be the new $10 a month YouTube Music, which features uh, personalized history based on your usage patterns, playlists, that sort of thing we expect from a streaming music service. Hold on a second. Wait a second. Are you suggesting that Google abandoned something in the middle of millions of users using it? They never do that. They never do that. Yes. Google Reader, I love you. Yes. <laughs> Still holding the torch. I am. Still uh, so, yes, yeah, so YouTube Red is dead, shall I see we say what you, here. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was nice. And uh, the videos that you got with that former service, uh, because the original one was music and, and right. original content videos, those videos are going to be moved into a new service called YouTube Premium. And that will be a separate service that costs $12 a month. So if you just want music, you're paying $10 a month for YouTube Music. If you wanted those fun original videos and other premium content... You have to sign up for YouTube Premium and pay $12 a month. So hold on a second. So essentially, if you want both videos and music, which you were getting for $9. Mm -hmm. $10, yeah. $10. Now you're getting it for $20, $19. Uh, yeah, $22, uh, tw 10 and 22, 12. 10 and 12. I can't do math. I'm a journalist. I don't yeah, know yeah, that's true, yeah. So $22 from $10. Yeah. Guessing that you will... Some people were maybe just using it for the music, not really caring about the videos. Some right. people were using it for the videos, didn't care about the music. So right. they have split it in half, and the video is going to cost a little charge. bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. so that's um, that's that's good capitalism right there. That's yeah. really nice. Yeah. And on on the standard YouTube, thanks to its content ID software that sort of scans to make sure people aren't uploading bootlegs or whatever. Yeah. They're actually going to pull information from that, and this is just for regular YouTube, so that music videos will soon start showing expanded artist, songwriter, label, and publishing credits. So hmm. they're trying to make the, when you see a music video, you get more information about it and it'll have related links and stuff. So nice. lots of stuff going on at YouTube. Not sure. all of it gouging. Not all of it. Not all of it. Yeah, just some of it. Amazon Prime, as a Prime uh, member, uh, will be getting some special deals at Whole Foods, another Amazon property. While Amazon has already lowered the prices in a store that used to be nicknamed Whole Paycheck, oh, yeah. uh, they've lowered those prices across the board. Prime members will get an additional 10% off sale items. So I'm digging this. If you are a Prime member, you get a little special extra love from your grocery little, store. A little extra taste. I there like it. There you go. And, nice. for, and, and a grocery store, extra taste is a good thing. It is a good thing. Yes, yeah, so, so that, that's coming up for Amazon Prime members. Uh, Twitter is set to make some changes later this summer that will affect how its third-party clients like Tweetbot, Talon, Twitterific, you know, those, those ones yeah, were. Yeah. Starting August 16th, Twitter is changing things on the back end so that new tweets will not stream into a third-party app in real time. I don't know how much people rely on this, you know, the constantly refreshing feed. I have it on desktop and it gets to be a little dizzying because yeah, it's, it's just constantly very, going. Very, dizzy. And the third-party clients. Don't they own TweetDeck? Yeah, they own TweetDeck. TweetDeck, I think, is safe because that's a Twitter product. Gotcha. So this is just the third-party ones are changing some APIs on the back end. So gotcha. these developers who've been using information from Twitter to create their products will not have access to the same information. Mm. So that's one thing is the, the auto-refresh thing. Um, and then they're also going to, uh, because of these changes, prevent or delay some push 
push notifications, which depending on how you feel about push notifications, maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe it's uh, tragic. Right. So the desktop users will probably be impacted more because I think with mobile, people tend to just open Twitter and hit automatic refresh anyway because they want to know what's been happening because if you just let it auto-refresh, your battery would be gone an hour. Please, yeah. So that's going to... Probably not be too much of a bump. And a lot of people are just using the straight-up Twitter app on mobile anyway. Yeah. Uh, as we recall, uh, Twitter killed its Mac desktop app Did? a few months ago and wanted people to use the website. I believe its TweetDeck is still available in the Mac App Store. So if you want to use a Twitter, but I find TweetDeck kind of clumsy. TweetDeck is overwhelming sometimes. It's yeah, because like you've got these five feed. columns or however many. Yeah, and, yeah. and so you got the feed auto-refreshing there. Then yeah. you've got every time you get mentioned, you get paying for that. And right. If you just want to sit and have nothing else to do but look at Twitter, it's very entertaining. If you're trying to get stuff done and just kind of want to keep an eye on the background, then mm. it can be a little distracting. Yeah. I don't know about the old entertaining part. I think, yeah. you're, giving, I think you're being a little Well, for celebrity scandals, there. it's fun to watch yes. them oh, sort true. of implode in real true. time. Yes, but, yes, yes, yes. But uh, so, so that's coming in August uh, for, for Twitter users and will impact people who use third-party Twitter clients. You've been warned. Yes, and finally, and finally, we hear a pop tech jam. Note the passing of author Tom Wolfe, who died on May 14th at the age of 88. Hell of a journalist. Yes, uh, a noted journalist at that and book author was perhaps most noted in the geek world for the right stuff. His 1979 nonfiction account of the pilots in the mid-20th century's Project Mercury program, That's right. which was America's uh, first effort to put humans into space. Now, among the fans of that book was one Scott Kelly, who read it as an academically disinterested 18-year-old college freshman in 1982 and said it changed his life. Clearly it did, because as we all know, that Scott Kelly went on to become Commander Scott Kelly of NASA, the astronaut who broke the world record for humans in space with his nearly year-long stint at the International Space Station. Kelly later wrote Wolf a letter and sent a photo of himself holding a copy of The Right Stuff on board the space station, and Wolf wrote back. It was a very sweet exchange. Mm-hmm. And when Mr. Wolf passed uh, on May 14th, Commander Kelly wrote a little essay for The New York Times with an appreciation of Mr. Wolf's book and uh, just some thoughts on their relationship, and we'll have a link to that essay and everything else that we talked about in this week's new segment at... PopTechJam.com. Condolences to the family of Tom Wolfe and everyone who was a fan of The Right Stuff. It is a lovely book. Bonfire of the Vanities was a good book, too. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorites. He had some hits there. He did, indeed. Up next, let's talk about email. We're talking email. What's your email song? That's my email song, yes. Remember how people have actually been getting a little nervous with all the new privacy policies coming out and actually having to read for the first time? Maybe they forgot about a few years ago. I'm unfamiliar with all of that. Yes, companies have been saying, oh, we've updated our privacy policy, and so users are reading their free email provider's privacy policy, and oh, we can do this, this, and this with your email, and now we're going to scan it for ads and all that. And some people are getting a little nervous about this. They, Understandable. It's it's a known fact, though, if you're using the free email product, they're getting something out of you, and it's usually related to personal information. Yes. So, uh, but I, I'd gotten a letter from somebody who got um, the privacy policy update from Oath, uh, which owns Yahoo now. Mm-hmm. Um, you own Yahoo? Yeah, somebody. AOL, Yahoo. Yeah, the uh, yeah, Verizon. So, yeah, so I gotten this uh, email from somebody who uh, has a free email service with a large company. They were writing, having you know, Yahoo mm-hmm. uh, had owned a, Gmail has been known for. They used to put ads on 
messages directly yeah, and, sure and did, scan. Yeah. And, and they uh, Google has said that we don't scan, we don't machine scan for advertising keywords anymore. Anymore. They, they, yeah, they claim that they don't do that. Um, but pretty much any free mail provider you're going to use, something's going to give on the back end. Of course, because like you're your, the client, folks. You're the product. Yes. Yeah, so... So this person who wrote to me was like, well, are there any email providers who don't do that? Because even my ISP, if they wanted to, could probably, you know, if I just have like the cable company's ISP and a standalone mail account, they could read it. And so I got to looking around and there are a number of what they call secure and private web mail providers. Really? Uh, you have to pay for some of them because well, if I'm, it's not free, you have to. Of course. That uh, makes sense. Yeah. And some of these companies, basically what they do is they encrypt your mail from end to end. They give you a, uh, you know, they say that we don't even read it ourselves. Many of them are offshore. A lot of companies in Europe. Uh, I'll name a few here in a moment. So if you wanted to keep your email from being read by other people and you didn't want to go through the traditional methods of PGP encryption or mm-hmm. that where you have to manually use software to encrypt your mail, and then the person on the other end has to use their software to encrypt your mail to read what you said. If you didn't want to go through that, uh, then these services will sort of do the encryption for you, very sleight of hand. Magic. Yes, it's magic. And and painless for for people who who don't want to deal with PGP keys. I like magical and painless. Yes. So uh, some of the more popular and secure mail providers, uh, again, are based overseas, and they are subject to the privacy laws of the companies they're incorporated mm-hmm. in. So if someone is incorporated in the EU, they're mm-hmm. going to be under EU rules right. or uh, Switzerland, which also has very strict uh, data rules. And chocolate. Nice chocolate. Yes, and too. very nice chocolate. And then the clocks are nice, too. Yeah. And and the army knives. Yes. Um, so uh, if you're looking for a, a different mail provider, Countermail is in Sweden, Fastmail is in Australia, Hushmail comes out of Canada, Proton Mail is uh, Switzerland, Runbox, yes, Proton. Mail. I like that, just the name alone. Yes, uh, there's uh, Norway has one called Runbox, Tuta Nota in Germany, okay. and uh, I think there's one called Prevail. So there's a ton of these services out here. You just look for a secure private encrypted email. A bunch of these services will pop up. Proton Mail. Yeah, they're about, uh, you know, they could be anywhere from like 30 bucks a year to whatever. It depends, I think, also on the type of account, if it's a personal account or a business account. You can use the free samplings, but maybe you get at most a gigabyte of space, mm. which is not enough for, for email these days. Yeah, but, but they'll let you know, you know, you can try it out. Or if you just want to do certain types of mail on there, you, you could use the account for that. So, so they are out there, and if you wanted to just have your mail be someplace else or you didn't want – big giant American company that doesn't have to deal with data privacy laws hmm. looking at your stuff. You can just move your sensitive communications over there. So is Yahoo on that list of safe and uh, encrypted uh, uh, No, provider? I believe they are on the list of leaky and hackable. <laughs> <laughs> leaky and hackable. Yes. And, the uh, law firm of leaky and hackable. Yes. So and and they're and I they know they lost a lot of people who just got tired of them getting constantly hacked. Yeah. Uh, and curiously enough, don't have a full export function for people to take their mail with them. That is curious. Yeah, uh, for people who wanted to do that specifically, just I've got this mail provider and I just want to leave. I would suggest just getting a. Um, a desktop email client like Thunderbird, mm-hmm. doing the Popper IMAP thing, downloading copies of all of that mail right. that you got, and then just deleting the account on the web once you've got your thing securely on your desktop. Uh-oh, I need a sound effect for a bonus tip. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, this is just a little, you know, if you, if you wanted to do that, yeah. and then contacts, most sites will let you export your contacts if you need to get the contacts out of your mail. Most sites. Most sites, yeah. I think Yahoo does have a guide on their site uh, to... 
pulling the contacts out as a commerce separated values file. Most places will let you do that. But again, it doesn't have to be. It could be other companies too that you're just like, well, maybe I'm tired of this mail provider, and I, yeah. but I just want to get the historical record of my email someplace where if I need to refer back to it, I've got it somewhere, and then I can. Just, and if you delete it off the server, who knows how long it's actually there? It may take them a while to wipe. Um, right. Some places say ninety days, but uh, just you know, maybe you're just ready for a new scene on your email, and you go over to Europe. There. Can I say it again? Sure. Bonus tip. <laughs> Ooh. I want that like 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 that Sunday Sunday Sunday. I know. It's like bonus tip. Monster truck rally. We gotta hire that guy. Yeah. Or that video game guy. Or you should replace From that Duke guy. Duke Nukem. Yeah. From Duke Nukem. I think you should like go give a run for that guy's job. I you think know? so. I think so. Yeah. We need a new modern version of oh, it. And one more. Proton Mail. Ooh. I gotta say that. Proton Mail needs to hire you. Yes. Get you some definitely. Swiss chocolates and. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. So, so that's just a little hopefully helpful hint. If you are looking for potentially different mail providers that uh, gives it? you some security and privacy, uh, we'll, we'll have a link to an article on this, uh, and that article will have links to some of these services we talked about. And you can find that at poptechjam.com. And with that, we should probably go. Yes. Oh, we got to thank the bros. Oh, thank you, bros. Builtbybros.com. Build something with the bros. And by the way, uh, Christian... Sarone from The Bros will be here on the show soon. Ooh, a bro will be here. A bro will be here to tell us about the tech scene, which is actually very advanced in Montevideo in uh, Uruguay. Ooh, it's got good a to know. huge tech sector, and many people are saying that it's it will compete with Silicon Valley soon. Oh, wow. They have invested, the entire country has invested in the tech uh, vibe down there. So it's going to be a pretty interesting conversation. Right, so this is Tech Central for South America. Yes, indeed. Actually, that's a very good way of putting it. Wow. All right. Well, we look forward to his visit. And uh, we thank all the listeners out there who have been uh, putting up with us for the show. Yes, and, indeed. Uh, thank you. This everyone. episode and the previous 272. That's right. Bonus tip. Yes. I just can't stop saying that. Sorry. You know, you. I think you, you voiceovers are calling. I think so. Yes. So until next week when we are back with more, everyone have a, a lovely week, weekend, wherever part of the, the week you are listening to us in. Yes. Don't forget the Han Solo movie opens on the 25th of May, the same day that the general protection data rules go into effect. <laughs> There's a connection there somewhere. It's, well, it's Geek Pride Day, it May 20th, because that was when Star Wars was originally released in 1977. Yes. And for some reason, the European Union wanted to put its general protection data regulation out I'm that day. It. So I'm May 25th it. is a very big day. It is a big day. All right. So everyone stay safe. We'll see you next time. Bye.